Hello, thank you for tuning into the second episode of Walk and Talk, a podcast that highlights experiences and feelings of women and women line folks of color. For this episode, we will be talking about the filial daughter dilemma, how being the eldest daughter of an immigrant family has caused a separation between self and expectations through duties to parents, siblings, and familial beliefs. With hosts Bella and Camille, we will lead our guests Lily and Yahida through conversations of traditional expectations, being the third parent, and any advice we can give to listeners to better navigate their own lives. Hello, my name is Isabella. My pronouns are she, they. I am a third year history and ethnic studies major with a minor in political science, and I work at the Cal Poly Gender Equity Center. One thing that has brought me joy in the past week is yesterday was my girlfriend's birthday, and that was fun. Oh, and Yahida helped me cook. Thank you. Yeah. Ooh, y'all cooked. Yeah, Yahida helped me cook, so that was fun. Ooh, fun. Yeah, I made tacos. Pretty bad. Jealous and salsa. Wow. Hey, y'all. My name is Camila Pushunkala. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and Sha. I'm a third year biomedical engineering major with a concentration in mechanical design, and I am a student assistant for the Multicultural Center. And one thing that has brought me joy in the last week, um, I'd probably say reuniting with my guinea pig. <laughs> uh, I was at home last week for a family thing, and then when I came home, uh, my roommate laid out our guinea pig's playpen. And we got him a little um, Christmas outfit. So I'm excited, but we'll see if he gets in it. He's very squirmy, so I don't know if he'll he'll get in it. But we'll see. We'll see. Oh, and I also bought three fish. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just all over the place, y'all. I need need things to take care of to keep me occupied. That should just be like the holiday card you send out to everyone this year. Your Honestly, guinea pigs dressed up. Happy holidays from Mochi. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's my thing. Uh, my name is Yahida Valenzuela. I use she, her, her pronouns. Um, I'm a third year ethnic studies major with a minor in Spanish. Um, I don't have a position. Um, I am involved on campus though, and uh, I am the sergeant of arms and um, diversity and inclusion chair for Mecha on campus. Um, and then one thing that's brought me joy in last week was also um, Lily's birthday. It was really fun to get together and like cook, even though we're kind of stressed out sometimes <laughs> um, because of time and everything. And it was a surprise. So that was fun. Hello, everyone. My name is Lillian Tang. I use she, hers pronouns. Um, I have a master's of education in higher education, and I am the social justice and multicultural program coordinator of the Multicultural Center. Um, one thing that brought me joy this past week, um, I tried to ride a bike for the first time since my accident and learned that I was able to. And so it was really exciting. I felt like I was in the moment in the notebook when she was like, if I'm a bird, you're a bird. But it was like with me in the bike. I just felt really <laughs> free. Uh, so that was like a really nice surprise. Uh, okay. Thank you all so much for introducing yourselves. And also thank you for being our guests today um, as we talk about the filial daughter dilemma. 
I know that we laid out some topics for y'all to take a look at before we started. Um, so I guess we can dive right in. Did you want to add anything, Bella? Um, you don't have to answer any of the questions. You can make them short and simple. You can make them as long as you want. Just talk about your own experiences. Make sure to use I when talking to you about yourself. And I think that's it. We're trying... Okay, the first question for today is how do you navigate the traditional expectations that your culture and family have for you as a woman and as a daughter? Honestly, I feel like uh, it's something I'm still learning how to navigate at 28 years old because I just feel like as I got older, the expectations also grew with me in more demanding ways. Um I feel like being the eldest daughter of an immigrant household has always come with a lot of expectations. I just saw um, a meme on Twitter today of like this person walking around in a mall with like a Jaimongo Jansport backpack that goes all the way down to like their ankles. And then someone captioned it like me carrying all the knowledge of my mom's passwords and legal matters at the age of 13 and I felt that so hard because actually earlier this week my parents kept calling me because my dad was trying to change his car insurance to get a better deal but it was like all this paperwork from the DMV that he didn't know how to fill out so he like kept calling me and my sister and then he would have my mom do it and then my mom like didn't know how to do it and then my mom was also calling us and was like um help me fill out this unemployment insurance paperwork like I don't know you know you went to college you know how to do this just do it but it's like asking for information about her that like she won't give to us so um I think there's just this weird like expectation where it's like oh you went to college so you should just know everything you don't need anything from me you just need to know what you need to do and then you can take care of the rest so like I feel like it ends up being more difficult than it is because we're always having to go back to be like okay like we need this information from you like what was the last date that you worked or like how many miles is on the car and they'll just be like why don't you know this (laughs) and it's like I'm not this application isn't for me um so it's hard because I feel like although I've done this for most of my life it's still very difficult for me to know how to like navigate and to like find the patients to support them and then I always end up feeling guilty when I lose my patients because I'm like dang like my parents like of course they don't know how to do this on their own of course they're relying on me like why did I get mad at them for asking me for um and so I end up feeling guilty afterwards and it's always this push pull of like okay like I'm gonna do my best to help you and then at the same time it's just like immigrant parents don't understand like communication the same ways that like I might as someone who grew up here um and then I feel like there's just a lot of misunderstandings because of like some of the language barriers and the expectations too yeah um I could relate to almost everything that you said um I am still also navigating it. Um, I think I had a lot of like stress going into college because I knew it was something that I was going to do for myself, but that also like trying to navigate that and trying to not feel like I was being selfish by choosing myself, I think is something that I've always struggled with. Um, And also like the documents and everything. I remember like getting frustrated with my parents having to translate um, things when I was like super young and if I couldn't they'd get mad 
but I was like, well, you're not doing this, like, or you can't, like, I'm just doing the best I can. Um, but I feel also that, like, as I grow older, my responsibilities do become, like, more integral to it. And then anytime that I try to, like, point it out, there's a lot of resistance or they get really offended, um, <laughs> which I'm like, I don't understand. Like, you could just say thank you. Like, you don't have to <laughs> get mad. Um <laughs> But, like, I feel that because I have two younger sisters. So, um, like, I have to help my little sister, like, Kimmy, like, do her homework because of all, like, um, online schooling now. That's made it a lot more difficult. Um, also, just, like, them calling me while I'm over here. I'm in slow. Um, them calling me and then asking me to help them with stuff. Usually, it's also DMV things, uh, changing, like, insurances and stuff. But, um it's pretty hard to know that boundary and to talk about it and then for them to not get offended. Like, yeah, that's, that's some of my experiences. I'm still learning, but I think it takes a, like a lot of conversation in ways that they will understand also. Yeah. Thank you. And sorry, are like definitely not words that exist in my parents' language or vocabulary. <laughs> Yeah, they just start being nice too, and uh, yeah, like, nothing <laughs> ever happened. What do you mean? I wasn't mad at you. <laughs> um, you brought up a really good point too about boundaries. Um, I went to grad school in Chicago for two years. Um, you can imagine how that left my parents. <laughs> um, they would literally mail me paperwork to do for them so that I could mail it back. Like that's how needy they were. Um, And it was really hard because I was working two jobs and I was a full-time graduate student in my second year. And so I started seeing therapy because they started putting a lot of pressure on me to move back home um, post-grad, like find a job in LA. Like how hard is it? There's so many colleges you can work at. Find a job anywhere. It's so easy. Just move back home and live with us. And it was really hard because in the field of student affairs, it's like so normalized to just like move from institution to institution especially when you're early on in your career before you like want to settle down where you want to live permanently um and so i wanted to do a national search to just kind of see what opportunities are out there but they're like no like we need you home like so that we could buy a house together because the only way we'll ever be able to afford a house is if we all live together and combine our incomes and so i started seeing therapy because i was like i don't know what to do i feel helpless and it was that was when I realized like how unique our positions are as like a eldest daughter and a woman of color in an immigrant household because my therapist would suggest things like don't pick up their phone calls like like why can't you just set that boundary and let them do it on their own and I'm like do you know what would happen to my parents if I didn't pick up their phone calls (laughs) you don't even know like how much more hellish that would be than things already are and so it was really also hard for me to like find help and connect with someone who understood these experiences because it wasn't as easy as like cutting them off or saying no because then like things that have deadlines and are urgent wouldn't get done and so it was like all this pressure with me like halfway across the country from them knowing how to communicate I think that's something that I struggle with um with my parents because um like I'll bring something up or like I'll kind of get irritated because they ask me to do the same things over and over again and I'm like well like there's a certain point that I would hope you know how to do this or sometimes my dad will ask me to um like explain something that came in the mail I'm like 
it's in Spanish. Like, <laughs> you just want me to, like, help? I, like, I don't understand this anymore. Like, I'm like, literally, it's in Spanish. And then he's like, oh, like, why are you getting all mad? Then don't help me. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, like it's reminding themselves afterwards. Oh, my gosh. And then trying to communicate to them, like, my mom will just, like, literally shut down or, like, oh, well, don't help me at all. Like, don't, don't even try. Like, just do whatever you need to do. And that makes me feel so guilty. And then, like, trying to help, but not so much that, like, it affects school and affects, like, everything else is really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, setting those boundaries are really difficult. <laughs> In the age of technology, my parents now have access to Life 360. So <laughs> with that, um, you know, whenever... Sometimes, you know how iPhones just turn off your location? I don't know. That's probably just on me. But um, for me, like, sometimes my iPhone glitches a little and turns off, like, my location for certain things. And then my dad, like, calls me and he's like, turn on your Life 360. And I'm like, you're looking at me. (laughs) He's like, stop going to McDonald's at midnight. But that's also. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's also on me. But it's kind of like, I don't know. I kind of expected them to to just kind of continue those types of habits like especially like I really related to what y'all were saying about like the DMV like this past like week I helped my parents like complete their real ID applications so definitely relatable and like I yeah just setting those boundaries is hard because like what y'all said I also feel kind of bad if for example like if I don't pick up a call on time and they have to like call again or they have to text I feel bad for missing the call or like I feel bad because I know that if I call them later on, they're going to be like, why didn't you pick up my call? And then I don't know. I'm not home. I'm not at home to, I guess, endure any real consequence. But at the same time, I guess my brain is just kind of wired to think that I will be receiving some sort of consequence. But that's just on me, I guess. Um, But yeah, it's interesting how y'all were talking about boundaries because I definitely think that's a great way to kind of like navigate these expectations and kind of all, while also like taking care of yourselves as well self-care and like I guess focusing on yourself isn't really something that I've experienced and I know like talking to folks with similar like experiences and backgrounds as mine like they haven't either like sometimes thinking about yourself is the last thing folks think about when they're in this certain position so I guess building off on that like besides trying to set boundaries or seeking help for yourself or taking time for yourself how else do y'all kind of um navigate your role as this quote-unquote filial daughter okay so boundaries like that is a really good point because like my mom she came here and I was like the only one that spoke Korean with her and like I was the only one that she like that was her family because the rest of her family was in Korea so like I became like her like everything her main like main focus main person like everything like I was supposed to be a friend a daughter um like sometimes a mother sometimes like a sister and like I had all these expectations on me and like it's so hard to just be yourself when you're expected to be so much more or so many more like roles and people than you should be I don't know I'm still figuring out how to like set boundaries like like 
mom some of the conversations you talk to me about are like not appropriate for me as a daughter like like I can't take on that responsibility (laughs) if I have other responsibilities like gotta figure out certain things Lillian as you said it's a lifelong thing I think because your role is so and yourself and your version of yourself is so tied up into like what your parents believe you are and what your parents like what your parents are as who they are themselves so it's kind of a weird thing to think about about how you're so closely connected to your parents but also so different like such such your own person yeah I could relate to a lot of what you said um like with my mom I've always felt like she will she didn't have any family where she where they migrated to um in California it was all my dad's family so I feel like she trusted me with a lot but that was a lot to put on like a little kid um and like I would interpret stuff in ways that like a little kid would um like my mom would tell me some serious stuff and I wouldn't take it like that or she just like vent about random things and like I had a deal with like or I would just like not think about it but trying to like help her through something but also trying to be a kid at the same time um and that's difficult but also like I know that sometimes when she calls me like when I'm over here she needs something um and that's hard to like put myself at a distance because I'm like well I'm already away like there's already enough distance like what else do I need to do um like my sister Kimmy she's seven and she like my mom called me one time she was panicking she was like oh my god the school called me and I think like your sister like bit somebody and like you're gonna have to like call like I think they're gonna kick her out (gasps) they're gonna kick her out of like this after school program or something and so they're like can you please call the school and like ask them if she's still in it and like can you do it like now like I, I need to know now so I can like not take her tomorrow or something and I was like why am I figuring this out like I have a midterm like this week like why am I thinking about this um uh everything was fine like <laughs> they just said that she couldn't keep <laughs> but that was like it. Um, but just like that whole thing that I felt like it, I was responsible for that when I shouldn't have been yeah I'll definitely say that as you get older like yeah it's like a lifelong commitment that you're gonna have to your parents is what I'm learning um but like the that the expectations and responsibilities also evolve with you as you get older too like you know, my dad, like, barely bought our first family home, like, two years ago, and that was, like, something I've never had to experience in my life, like, growing up poor, so then it was, like, I was expected to understand real estate paperwork and, like, mortgages and, like, the loans, and so he'd send me these, like, stacks of documents and be, like, can you look through it and make sure, like, everything is fine, that I'm, like, not signing my life away to something I don't understand, and I'm, like, but I literally don't even understand this, like, I don't know it either. Um, and when it comes to like the the boundaries piece, I feel like I've had to like have really real conversations with my parents, even though like they were not the easiest. When I was in school, my mom would call me 
like only to ask for help. So she never really asked like, how's school? Like, are you eating? Like, are you doing okay? And it got to the point where I was like, I feel like you don't care about me. I feel like you only call me when you need something from me. And that hurts me. And it's hard for me to want to help you when I don't feel like you're also invested in like my personal life and like what's happening in my life. Um, and I did start noticing a change where she'll just like call and then like be like, how are you? You eat already? But then I still know she's not listening because she'll ask me if I ate already like five times in the conversation, <laughs> even though like I just told her. But I'm like, OK, well, at least she's trying. Um, and then my parents also do this thing where they call me during like work hours and they'll be like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, at work. <laughs> it's like 11 a.m. I don't understand. Um, and then my dad was going to the doctor appointments a lot and he wasn't understanding a lot of the stuff that they were telling him about his conditions and stuff. So he would just call me impulsively, but I wouldn't even know he had appointments that day or anything like that. So I wouldn't like pick up his phone calls because I thought they were just quick questions. And then I would feel guilty, like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know and I totally missed out on something. And so I have to tell him like, can you text me beforehand? Like if you need me to translate something for you. And then like the next day he texts me and be like, you free <laughs> but like the thumbs up emoji <laughs> parents texting is so funny and so like I've had to like just make these little asks that are like manageable for them but I learned that like if I didn't ask and just like got angry at them then like it wouldn't have ever happened I should probably try that <laughs> asking um them for like just requests and whatnot because I also really relate to what you're saying about like my parents calling during like class or like during like work hours that's something that I've been trying to like manage I, I, but I remember one time I like um had a serious conversation with my mom specifically because I, I feel like personally it's a little bit easier for me to have a more um I'm trying to think of a better word more toned down conversation with my mom <laughs> that doesn't involve too much anger um so you know um she didn't necessarily get mad or you know display like visceral anger but there's still like this sort of like retaliation against my requests so it was like oh why like basically a lot of the things that I hear is like from her is like um like oh when you ask for something I don't you know retaliate or I don't ask for requests and I'm like I totally understand that I do but I just need to set these boundaries and then afterwards I feel kind of bad about asking (laughs) um but yeah that's just it's it's interesting how like how asking for you know some space and like the <laughs> the different reactions behind asking for space so yeah <laughs> um I don't know why but like if I ever get in an argument with my mom about stuff like that like um creating boundaries this like inner pettiness that like I'm not used to having like comes out <laughs> and like I I pride myself on like talking about anything that bothers me or like taking space for myself and like figuring it out and like being in like a quote-unquote like more mature way of handling things but when I like talk about that with my mom like it always just brings out this ugly pettiness and I don't like get why um I feel like I just can't talk to her about stuff uh, but like I have asked for space I think that was like the last time that we argued um I was back home and then like I was upset about something and she comes in and I knew she was just gonna be like well you know like you know how it is and like 
basically explaining stuff to me and then I looked at her and I was like I just need to be sad like can you please let me be sad and like she did and then she just texted me um it's kind of weird she texted me while I was like on the other couch but like (laughs) she didn't want to talk (laughs) and she just said like she was sorry and um it was like a weird way of talking but I guess me asking for space like did really help yeah I feel like I'm hearing this trend of like our parents like guilt tripping us to like make us feel bad for not helping them I feel like my mom is queen of that and if there was an award show for (laughs) victimizing (laughs) yourself and never taking accountability my mom would win every year (laughs) it's always like I would never talk to my parents that way do you know how hard it was to give birth to you nine months in my stomach and this is what I get a daughter that talks back to me and then she'll be like gosh like I left Cambodia all I had was rice and salt to eat you're lucky you know you're so lucky and you just don't even understand and you get to go to college and you're not even a science major (laughs) (laughs) it's just like I'm sorry for being this constant disappointment oh my gosh the the um I from what you said Lillian I remember like um, I was I saw a TikTok and it was like how immigrant parents describe their like treks to school or like their ch- <laughs> their their uh, their childhoods and I was sitting there and I was like I was thinking like yeah I relate to this like my dad would always say like these things that sound as if they were from movies but you know I wasn't there so I I'm not sure you know his experiences but when I first like hear about like his experiences I'm just like man like if they went through all of this stuff, then that means like, I have to kind of, you know, live up to this expectation or like, just be this person that they could be proud of. Honestly, a lot of the things I do um, in my life are kind of like, very, um, very like centered to how I want my parents to react. So like, when it comes to my mom, like, my mom came from more well-off terms, but then a, this, the, a part of her family isn't necessarily elated that she's with my dad. So I do a lot of the things to kind of be like, look, like, you know, they're doing great because of their kid. Like, you can see it reflected on their kid. Mm. Yeah. And the same thing goes on like my dad's side. My, dad's, uh, my dad has, like, a lot of folks back in the Philippines who were always, like, you know, not as um as welcoming to him or not as you know open to him um so that's why like I want to give them things to brag about I guess and that's kind of also an expectation I set on myself like it's not really from them but it's kind of like I guess something that I've built because I want to you know give back in a way um yeah so that's like another thing in my in my head that's been like I guess festering for a while just trying to like express it in a way that makes sense um but yeah like I also relate a lot to what Bella said earlier about like language and like speaking to your parents because um in the Filipino American culture that I grew up in um not a lot of like Filipinx like American kids like the kids that are born here like speak their language their respective language but for me I had to learn how to speak Tagalog 
um, so I could communicate with my dad because um, there are times like when he gets angry, like he just can't comprehend anything but Tagalog. So that's like, mm. yeah, it was it was kind of wild. Like my mm-hmm. that's why he and my sister clash so much, which moves into the next question. But we'll we'll go back to that point later. But yeah, like um, my sister and him clash a lot, so that's why I always need to be like translating i guess what they're trying to say to each other when my mom's not there because when my mom's not there that's a whole when my mom is there that's a whole different story um but yeah so it's it's interesting how like going back to the whole expectations thing how um sometimes you know folks need or have these expectations for themselves but that's just in my like personal personal experience of course yeah but i can relate to like putting expectations on yourself that you would want like or you think that is your parents are going to be happy if you like do certain things um I know there's like my mom like she uh prides herself on like us for the randomest things <laughs> like it, it's not even like I'll be like mom like I just got really good grades like I'm in college and everything and she'll be like oh, okay like cool and then um She'll be bragging to somebody about us and she'll be like, they don't even drink soda. Like, they don't even really <laughs> like soda. And I'm like, that's what you choose to, like, brag about? Or, like, just, like, random things. And then, like, certain choices that I make, I feel like they get disappointed. Or, like, and it's not even that bad. Like, when I got my nose pierced, that was a whole thing. Like, my mom was so upset. Like, she took it as, like, a personal thing to her like parenting and I didn't understand why I'm like I'm doing like all this I'm doing I'm going to like college like I'm trying to do something with my life like why is it why are you hung up on something like so little like to me it's so little Mm -hmm. um and it's something that I did for myself so like trying to move out of their expectations or like not to think about certain things because sometimes I'll stop myself I'm like no my mom found out like she'd be really disappointed or she'll be like really upset. So I'm just not going to do that. Um, and then like trying to navigate that line to be like, okay, well, this is what my mom wanted, but this is what I want to do. Like that's easier said than done basically. But trying to go through that is it's challenging. And then like, you just have to, I guess, grow out of it or cause sometimes like for some people like conversations don't really help or making boundaries with people that don't respect them doesn't help either my mom taking things like personally when it's not about her is like a really big deal like coming out was such a long process because I was always like my mom like it's gonna bring shame on my mom's family it's gonna bring shame on us like it's gonna it's just going to ruin our relationship. I'm not going to be the daughter she's always wanted. I'm not going to, like, meet up, like, reach these expectations that she set. And then, like, when I did come out, she was like, how could you do this to me? Like, you chose to do this against me. Like, this, why would you do this if you know I don't like that? And then I'm like, but I didn't, like, I wasn't doing anything against you. I'm living my life. Like, this is my choice. Well, like, being gay is not a choice, but, like, it was my choice to act on it, and it was my choice to, like, live freely and live as myself. And so, like, whenever I do things 
that is for myself I always like I try not to but I hear my mom being like how could you do this to me like my tongue mm-hmm. ring like getting tattoos everything is like oh no like what will my mom say like what what will happen to this Korean expectation that I have on myself and like will that change my frame of view of myself and my mom or like will that change our relationship and like it does it definitely does because you're constantly growing and I feel like if your relationships aren't changing then you aren't growing but I feel like this love that like immigrant parents have is like kind of conditional like at least for my mom because it was like like she loves me but if I'm not doing things that please her it's like the love won't be there anymore or like it's just not Mm -hmm. as much which is like kind of a crappy thing as a parent like you should always unconditionally love your kids but like when you're the whole world they expect so much out of you and expect you to be better than who they are and I feel like it breaks their heart like if you're not and like they can't provide that love for you anymore if that makes sense yeah yeah thanks for sharing that Bella that's so real and like I don't feel like it gets talked about often too about how like how sometimes our worthiness is really rooted in like expectations that parents have set out for us and like this inability to understand that like children and kids grow up to be their own independent selves and are able to carve out a life for themselves and I think it's sort of these like throwing all these sort of like hopes and dreams into their kids for a life that they were never able to give to themselves which goes back into like all the pressure and the weight and the burdens that we have to carry (laughs) as children of immigrants um, and that like guilt too right and I think Yohara said it earlier too of just like what is it like to balance this tension of like pursuing something that we're passionate about that our parents might not understand and feeling like yet we're disappointing them because you know our worth is tied to money and stability and security because our parents never had that growing up yeah it's like that question like why can't we want more than that like they wanted like stability and so when they had it they want their kids to get the same stability but it's like why can't we achieve more like why can't we love ourselves why can't we love other people why can't we like pursue other interests besides stability and traditional like expectations like why can't we be more than what you think like think you want you know what I mean it's like yeah why can't like why can't I be myself and be uh, have more than just this concept that you have of who I am Damn, that kind of hit hard. <laughs> I don't know. It's me being contemplative, but <laughs> like, ow, like, honestly, like, it's just, it's really difficult. Like, just trying to break out of all the expectations. Like, what you were saying about, like, why can't we have more? Like, like, I just feel like, I don't know. My personal thought on, on this is like, I feel like when my parents had, like, me, 
they kind of I don't know if they planned everything out but I'm pretty sure they had like things that they wanted me to do right or like things that they really wanted to push for me to do so like I'm here um you know engineering haha <laughs> whoa whoa <laughs> and on top of other things and I feel like the only thing that I could like confidently say that I was really able to do for myself was honestly to like get a job at the NCC <laughs> like see Lillian's looking at me like oh but that's but (laughs) like you know when like my when I got my job at the MCC it was this is a kind of funny thing my parents were like why like this has nothing to do with your major like this has nothing to do with you and I was like okay number one like I found something that I'm actually like like in love with honestly like I found something that I'm actually passionate about you know like it's not just me being told what to do like it's not just me following what everyone thinks they think I should do does that make sense I don't know that sentence made sense but (laughs) but like yeah like like you know doing wow for CCE and like I guess the first time I've really been able to do things that I loved was when I got to college which is kind of a strange concept I guess like you know, when I was little, I thought I loved doing piano. <laughs> I thought I loved um, doing robotics. But now that I like think have like, I guess the autonomy to think about it. It's just like I did it just because you know what I mean? I did it because it looked good uh, for my parents for my resume for whatever they're gonna tell their friends when they go um to family parties um but yeah like like um when I started doing the things that I wanted to do I also got like that backlash like from um from my family members and stuff like that especially for my parents because uh when I told them for example that I, that I work with the MCC. I don't know why that was such a controversial thing for them. To be quite <laughs> honest, I was sitting there for a good two hours while they were yelling at me. And I was like, why are you yelling at me? There's so many things I can do with my time. Like, you want me to study? Then give me these two hours to study for my midterm instead of yelling at me about working at the <laughs> MCC. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, honestly, I think right now they forgot that I work with the MCC. just because I haven't gotten yelled at um but yeah like it's it's really strange that you know now that I'm out here alone like you know it's not really it's not really like I'm it's not like I'm completely like alone I still like rely heavily on my parents for like a lot of things like finance wise and whatnot but like now that I'm like physically alone out here and slow like I just it just given me more time to think about what I really want to do and stuff like that. Like, of course, I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing just because I don't want to disappoint my parents. But on top of that, it's like, how do I incorporate what I want to do into my life to the point where I'm happy with what I'm doing and to the point where my parents also are content with the life that I want to lead, if that makes sense. So, yeah. <laughs> Ah, so real, so real. So for the next question, y'all, how have you dealt with having to become the third parent for your family and your siblings? If you've had uh, experiences with that question and how have you had to navigate specific experiences uh, when you had more responsibility than you can handle? 
So I know we touched upon a little bit of those topics um, in our past like conversation. Um, but yeah, if you all have any specific experiences that you all like to share or just anything you'd like to build upon what we talked about. Yeah, that would be great. I feel like this question at me. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> I have like a literal story for this. So in the summer of 2013, that was the summer before my fourth year of college. I was in Southeast Asia, spent the whole summer there. I'm in Vietnam. I get a phone call from my dad and he's like, we're thinking about moving to Oklahoma to open up a business there. What do you think about this? <laughs> And I'm like, Oklahoma, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and I was like, absolutely not. You do not know how to be a business owner. What do you know about owning a damn business? Like, and then he was like, we're going to take your sister. My sister's five years younger than me. So she was a sophomore in high school at the time. And so I'm like, I don't know what kind of school systems are out there in Oklahoma. She's going to want to come to school in California. Like, no, like you're not doing this. And he's like, yeah, but I kind of think we want to. And I was like, oh my God. And then they, like, call me, like, the next day, and they're like, yeah, we're going to do it. So if you can, like, come back from your trip a little bit earlier, because we're going to move, like, early September. And this was, like, August already. And I was like, what the hell? For context, my mom's sister moved to Oklahoma, like, a few years before, and she opened up a donut shop. And so my mom had visited her, and I guess my aunt was really trying to get them to come over and was like, hey, check out this business that's for sale. Like, you could, like, open up your business here. And, you know, like, when my parents being, like, refugees and, like, being poor, like, their dream is to become, like, business owners who, like, make it, right? And so they're like, oh, like, let's take this opportunity so I leave from Southeast Asia like a week earlier and then so I could spend a week with my parents and help them pack and move out and I convinced them to let my sister stay um, and so she was able to stay with a family friend because I had to go to my fourth year of college in San Diego and she was going into her junior year of high school they like packed everything drove their car and a U-Haul truck behind them all the way to Oklahoma and that first quarter um, in college, I went back and forth, like, between San Diego and, like, home to visit my sister and help take care of her. And the family friend was like, we no longer want to take care of her, so she's going to have to find somewhere else to stay. And my dad was pissed because was like, I was only leaving this place so that because I trusted you, I trusted you'd take care of her. And I had to literally ask one of my friends from high school, like, hey, like, would your parents be open to <laughs> housing my sister and we'll pay rent and stuff? And it just so happened that one of my friends, her parents were looking for some extra cash and we were looking for a room to rent. So it worked out. They like cleared out a room for her and she was able to live there with them for the rest of her junior year. But I graduated from college. I'm 22 years old. I go and move back home to L.A., rent an apartment on my own and have my sister move in with me. We live in a one bedroom apartment together um, and then she goes off to finish her senior year and then I'm like job hunting and stuff so my parents like eventually moved back in like 2015 um, and they moved in with us in our one bedroom apartment, which I thought was really funny. But yeah, I felt like I was literally my sister's mom. Like I was taking her to school. We were like cooking, grocery shopping together. I was going to like her parent conferences and things like that. Um, and it was like that for a while. And my sister's graduated from college now. She graduated from BC Riverside last year, but she actually lives with me now in Sloan. <laughs> um and I was like you need to get a job so she got a job 
job and she was in AmeriCorps last year and now she's full-time with them so it kind of just worked out but I, I'm still joking around like I'm literally your sugar mama like, <laughs> you live rent-free in my apartment I take care of you <laughs> um and like I feel like just growing up me and my sister like it's only me and my sister and my parents worked a lot so I had to be like home alone with her because we couldn't pay for a babysitter or anything and so we grew up like really really close with each other and I feel like that's why it like it worked out the way it did my parents are lucky that we don't fight and bicker a lot but it's because all we had was each other for the longest time in our childhoods and that kind of just like translated to our adulthood as well thank you for sharing that that's a pretty intense story <laughs> <laughs> so random because everyone's always like what the heck were they doing in oklahoma yeah. <laughs> oh, it wasn't asian food either they opened like an american diner and it was like all these old conservative white people oh, that no. just went to their restaurants i know that's <sighs> a lot for you to handle yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. oklahoma of all places though i that was one of the last places I'd expect there to be any Asian people, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so of course it's no surprise they moved back home shortly after. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I have any specific instances, but um, just um, in high school, um, I would help my sisters with their homework. Um, but now, since I just recently got a license, like, I guess that's been an invitation for them to add more like responsibilities. <laughs> They're like, oh, I guess like you can take Kimmy to school. Um, so I like drop her off because um, she wasn't connecting at, at home on like the computer and everything with virtual learning. Like she just ditch and like go outside and play or she didn't like <laughs> she had no concept of time. She's seven. So I don't think she could read a clock and be like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to log back in at 11. Oh, my gosh. Like, so she wasn't going to, she missed like a whole week oh. of school because she didn't want to go. Um, and like she had to have somebody like there with her. So um, her school like opened up a little classroom. And then um, so there's like four or five kids that go like every day of the week. Um, so I'm like, okay, like you can drop her off and pick her up. And I think I went uh, a couple weeks ago. And I was like, well, I have class at this time. And she's like, well, that's perfect. Like, you can pick her up and drop her off at your aunt's and then go to class. And I was like, okay. Like, I had to navigate that, too. Um, and also, just growing up, um, my mom, like, likes to put stuff off a lot. Like, if it's important stuff or paying bills, she puts it off. Um, and my sister, like, she would get headaches and she couldn't really see well. And then I was like, set up an appointment for, like, um for her to get checked out and my mom would put it off and she'd be like oh like I'm really tired like I'll do it another day and weeks went by my sister's like my headaches are getting worse I can't see anything um well not anything but like (laughs) she was a little (laughs) um and so I was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna set up the appointment so I set it up and then she didn't need glasses but then I was kind of like mad at my mom I was like why did you put this off so long she needed glasses and, like, why did I have to do this? And then she got all mad because I was mad. So, like, <laughs> just trying to be a parent but, like, not overstep and tell them, like, I'm a parent to your kids. Like, that's so offensive <laughs> to my mom and to my dad. Even though it's, like, real. Oh, like, it's true. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's actually so funny with my family because it's gotten so bad where I feel like 
I've become my parents' parent. <laughs> and so my dad actually trolls me and my sister. He calls both of us his mothers oh. now. <laughs> so when he calls us, he's like, what's up, mother? What are you doing? <laughs> but it's because with the whole, like, coronavirus, me and my sister were on them. We were like, you can't go out. You need to make sure you wash your hands. And we were, like, telling them all these things. And when we go home and visit them, we'd be really strict. And they, they just got sick of our shit. And they're like you need to stop you're acting like our parents (laughs) and um as an adult I've I've been trying to take my parents traveling more because that just was something that never was a thing in our family my parents don't understand what it's like to travel for fun um they see it as like we either work and save our time and like use that money or we go when emergencies happen but that's it like we don't travel for fun and so I like took them to San Diego and we went kayaking (laughs) and I'm like oh my god they they wanted to be paired together (laughs) so (laughs) I was like I'm really scared of this, but they like do not go with the group whatsoever. By the time we get to the caves in San Diego, there, my mom's like, I need to throw up. <laughs> She's like, get me off. I need to throw up. And I'm like, we literally just got here. And then she like starts closing her eye on the kayak. <laughs> and then everyone's like, is this lady okay? <laughs> and then like the one of the instructors had to take her back, but they had to switch uh, kayaks with my dad. So my dad had to switch off. And so the guy's like, jump in the water, climb back up. My dad tries to go from one kayak to the next kayak and fails, of course, and then falls into the water. (laughs) And the guy's like, when you go up, like, do not use your knees because that will, like, tip the kayak over. What does my dad do? Use his knees (laughs) and fails to get up. And I'm just, like, so embarrassed the whole time. And it was just, like, little things like that where we had to, like, take care of them, you know, like, we're going on vacation, like, make sure you put on your goggles and your helmet, like, bring your bathing suit, don't forget your charger, and it was just, like, these instances where they started taking it seriously and was like, you're acting like our parents, and sometimes they can't tell if they like it or if they hate it. I totally understand, like, both of your both you, Yahida, and how, like, like you have to be that in-between between your parents and your siblings. And then also pa- parenting your parents um, that you said, Lillian. Because, like, n- now that I'm old, like, I've always had to be an in-between between, like, my parents and my little sister. Like, if anything happens, I have to be like, hey, like, let's talk about it. Let's, like, <laughs> meet in the middle or something. But now that I'm old like getting older and like I'm far away and I'm like more removed from the situation I'm like how did these things like escalate or how did these things happen or like now my mom will call me and be like whining like I don't know what's going on with your sister and like can you talk to her and like I'm oh being like i that's my sister. You are acting like her sister. Like, what do you mean? Like, oh my gosh, I relate. Yeah, it's like, can you give me advice? I'm like, I'm not a mom. I don't, I can't give you advice. But like, I know her better. I kind of know my sister better than my mom does. So like, I have advice to give, which is wild because it's like, I'm not her mom. I shouldn't be parenting her or like, I should be her friend and her sister and her confidant. But like, I am, but there is also that divide divide since I there's only me and my little sister that I'm like an extra parent like she'll always see me as an extra parent and like we're trying to mend that relationship now since I'm further away and it's not like we're always clashing with our parents and everything is chaotic 
but it's it's just hard because um I have like that in between role between my parents and my little sister and as the eldest it's like you can't really escape both those roles because they're like thrust upon you and like it's so tired now like my mom only ever calls me when she's like your little sister is not eating her food can you get her to eat and I'm like she's 16 like she'll eat when she wants to eat like she's fine like you don't need to worry about her and then I'm like like this is so stressful and then I go back and then it's like I'm like in that tug of war situation and then it gets like more escalated and I'm like please I was just trying to enjoy my time with y'all like I love y'all but it's so hard sometimes so it's like hard to go back for me like I can't handle certain situations and I can't handle the pressure sometimes so it's like easier to be away but it's like Mm -hmm. then where's my family yeah yeah oh my gosh literally Bella everything that you said I was gonna like say almost the same thing honestly like uh, my mom also calls me a lot for parenting advice which sounds really strange (laughs) I like literally Bella 100% of what you said I completely relate my sister is 17 so pretty close in age and like um, going back to what something I said earlier, like I learned Tagalog just so I could mediate these conversations, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. It's so uh, funny to me. I don't know <laughs> how it sounds to other folks, but um, it, it's just, you know, interesting how their dynamic is like, honestly, right now that I'm away, my parents and my sister don't have the greatest relationship. Um, so like a little, I guess a little background, like my, my mom was physically and like emotionally absent growing up. And then my dad was like there, but he was also very emotionally absent just cause he has like a lot of, um, I w- I'm going to say like intergenerational trauma type things, which is another topic. Oh my gosh. So much intersectionality when it comes to these <laughs> topics, y'all, a lot of things are just, just are brought up, but yeah. So I feel like. Uh, uh, with all of the things that y'all discussed earlier like helping with homework or like um driving your younger sibling around or whatnot like we also or I also had to deal with um the emotional aspect of everything like I'm pretty sure a lot of folks have as well like um just like you know teenagers (laughs) teenagers are difficult y'all like I had to go through that we all had to go through being teenagers and then I need to go through it again because (laughs) because um like sometimes I just feel like why do I need to do this like if I sometimes I feel bad thinking about like if you were to if like thinking that thinking to tell my parent like if you wanted to have a good relationship you would put more effort into it but on top of that like I don't really know if they know how to put more effort into this kind of thing like it's a very emotional like very you need to be very present like you know and I just don't know if that's something that my parents can do like I feel like their love language is very like I feel like I talked with Lillian about this one time but it was probably a while back but their love language is very like um what's it called like acts of service as opposed quality time like as opposed to like I don't know anything that has to do with like affirmation or or positive 
I don't know if that makes us like positive words or things like that or like talking. That makes uh, sense. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's rough. Like it kind of sucks, and like I also get those phone calls. I get phone calls from my mom complaining to me about my sister, and then I get phone calls from my dad complaining to me about my sister, and then I get phone calls from my sister complaining to me about my parents. So. <laughs> how about the phone calls where your dad is complaining to you about your mom your mom's complaining to you about yes. your dad yeah, and you're like, no. uh-uh. like, no. yeah now i have to I be married to you too like <laughs> yes sometimes my dad really act like i'm his wife out here i'm like you want to buy a house together i'm about to be 30 you don't need to buy a house with me oh my gosh it's like it's like yeah, it's like where they're mediators, where they're therapists, where they're interpreters, where they're social workers, <laughs> <laughs> where they're investments and they're investors. And they're babysitters. <laughs> so much, y'all, like these roles. And it's like, it's like, I'm like, oh, it's so hard. But like, then I feel so bad. Like, I feel mm-hmm. so bad, like in my heart, like like even saying any of this because I'm like I'm the only person like my mom has that she feels like she can talk to so like like who am I to like say like no but then it's like (laughs) I'm your child as well like let me be your child (laughs) not like your therapist like I don't need to know every detail about your life because you're my mom like you know (laughs) but it's like it's really hard because you're born and then when your sibling's born you're the mom now and then it's like a whole bunch of transition about like who you are and I feel like it's so hard to clearly define your role with your parents and like that has to go back to the boundaries and like how do you set that role for yourself yeah um also like my mom calls me and she asks she's like your sister's not like she, yeah, it's usually she's not eating. She doesn't mm-hmm. come out of her room. Like, can you just check and see that she's, like, not depressed or, like, <laughs> or if she's, like, I think one time she's, like, I think your sister is, like, talking to a boy. Um, Make sure that she, like, didn't go somewhere with, like, some boy. And I'm, like, she literally doesn't leave the house. Like, I don't get why. And then I'll text my sister. I'm, like, are you okay? And she's, like, yeah. <laughs> um, which is just our relationship. But I'm just like, okay, like, she tells me a lot of stuff. My sister's explicitly said to me that, like, I'm, like, a mother um, to her. And my mom is also, like, but before I came to slow, she'll say things like, oh, I don't want you to leave. Like, you just want to leave because you hate us. Like, you don't even love us and, like, all this stuff. I'm like, I don't love doing everything <laughs> for y'all. But <laughs> also saying that, like, makes me feel guilty because I'm like, I just feel, like, ungrateful because I'm like they gave me so much but it's a lot like they put a lot it's not um like they're putting a lot on me and it's I don't get as much out of it basically even though I'm grateful for everything um but navigating that with my sister like but our relationship hasn't really um like I I obviously have to be more of a mom to her um and finding that line too like she'll do stuff I'm like "Mm, I don't know like at this point I don't know if I should tell my mom she's like no don't and then I'm like okay like you're my sister I don't care (laughs) but um my mom's like also told me before coming she was like um 
you're like my best friend you're my mom like you're basically my mom sometimes <laughs> and I'm like huh like no I don't want to be your mom like you be my mom like I'm like it's sweet and everything but yeah. I, don't, I don't want this like yeah like I don't want to be your best friend like I love you but you're my mom <laughs> like why can't we ha- just have that relationship yeah my mom is so weird like she'll be like I'm yeah. your mom not your friend and then other times she's like I'm your best friend and I'm my like, mom says the same thing like, which is it? Take one. Oh, take yeah, like, one. when I'm like trying to talk to her she's like I'm your mom not your friend and then the minute like she needs to talk to me she's like you're my friend and I'm like get your story straight before you come and talk to me then like I'm tired (laughs) oh gosh I had this this brings back like a really deep conversation I had with my mom like um I was really worried because I I was doing a midterm at the same time but she walked in my room um because one night my sister and I were talking and me and my like my sister and I don't really get emotional because we're not good at expressing emotion but that's a whole other topic that's that's another <laughs> thing i can't emote um uh the only emotions i know are like anger <laughs> and and yeah and so like we were talking and then we were like okay we need to talk to our parents so then we were pushed into that gauntlet and like you know it was like going into like a like a what's this called uh like a lion's den is that is that the term sure sure (laughs) it was so wild like you know um there were tears and like my dad would just chill in there in the corner pretending that it had nothing to do with him and i was like okay you're you're half of it literally you are the problem (laughs) honestly it's like you're half of it like you have to sit here and then my mom's sitting there and then she's 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 not crying when she's talking to me and my sister she's mad like you can see her eyes she's like mad mad that we like you have the audacity to come and talk to me and then afterwards she's like why can't y'all come and talk to me about things and i was like i don't know uh i guess i guess and like it's it's so wild because um then i had this one-on-one conversation with my mom and like there were tears and i was like wow you know how to cry like that or you know how to express emotion like honestly where was that but like where was that growing up maybe I would be more emotionally stable but that's just my my brain cell going off tangent um but um yeah it was really wild because I guess like I asked them like we need to go to like family therapy and then they were like no what you need to do is stay home and I was like uh that's the last thing I want to do right now um yeah my sister calls me all the time and she's like I can't wait till I leave like I can't wait till I get to leave like all these things and I'm just like yeah you're gonna leave but they're gonna still call you every day it's like you never left like honestly um yeah but like during that deep talk my mom just like vented everything out and she's like I can't talk to your sister about this kind of things and I'm like you know, maybe emotional transparency isn't the worst thing, you know? Like, I don't know. And it's, it's like, such a... I don't want to say it's a baggage because I feel so bad saying that it's a baggage, like what y'all were saying about, like, feeling guilty. But, like, yeah, it's it's honestly a baggage. Like, I don't know. Like, 
my parents don't really talk to my sister about those kinds of things but then like when they're struggling or when they're mad they always come to me and then like I know my parents life stories by now <laughs> and like it's just so interesting because my sister doesn't know anything and she's like why didn't they tell me this and I'm like I have no clue but I guess um you know <laughs> I guess they just tell me stuff and then like uh I like I like what y'all were saying before like I resonate with um check in on your sibling are they okay like are they depressed but it's like what about me like <laughs> I guess I gotta check in on myself <laughs> I gotta pull up my phone camera flip it over and be like are you okay um yeah but it's it's just interesting because you know like as a person who's like the oldest sister of like an immigrant family like I always have like this impulse to check if everyone else is okay but then when it comes to me I don't really care like that sounds terrible but like sometimes I just don't care about myself because I'm just like I'm like the I'm not the person I should be worrying about right now because there's all this other crap going on you know what I mean so yeah (laughs) that was a lot to unpack but yeah Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm like an anchor in my family too. like for each single person, like I hold each of them down. If not, then things will just go haywire. So it's really hard. Like during my accident, um, I, I was hit by a car um, and I didn't think I was going to live. And my first thoughts that came to mind was like, my family's going to be fucked without me. And in my ER, I was telling people like, start a GoFundMe for my funeral funds. Like my parents will not be okay. We don't have money for this. Like that was all I was thinking about. I was thinking of responsibilities outside of myself when I could be possibly on my own deathbed. <laughs> I even was like, call my supervisor. I'm about to miss the staff meeting. <laughs> Meanwhile, a car is on top of me and shit. So <laughs> that was just like, my my like my deep commitment to my family and like the roles had reversed during my recovery and my hospitalization because then they were there for me and were showing up for me and I had to rely heavily on them like through my disabilities and that was such a mind flip for me because I've never had to be in that role and it was so uncomfortable and it's like it made me realize like as much as I hate it and was annoyed of like all the responsibilities that came with my role as the eldest daughter in this household I also realized that I was like way more comfortable being in that role than having to like rely on them to take care of me especially because they were like older they were I just felt like their heart broke into a million pieces when they like saw me on the hospital bed and stuff and I felt like totally out of control like this was not something that I could prevent them from seeing or like take care of them emotionally or make sure that they're eating or anything instead I had to like be like focus on myself for once and it it was such a foreign feeling that it made me so uncomfortable and I had to like really work through that mentally thank you for sharing that Lily and that's must have been a really traumatic experience so thank you for sharing your story yeah yeah of course I hope I'm just trying to see like are there ways that that we can learn to I don't know kind of not not mm, I'm trying to think of how to word it I'm just thinking like are there ways in which like we can kind of just try to break out of this like mindset of 
always worrying about other people over ourselves or always worrying about like our families like every little move I guess and try to like focus more on ourselves like have y'all found any like ways in which you can kind of implement that into your life or like because for me I'm just like I'm just like going with the flow honestly I'm just like 24 7 panicked about like what ha- was happening at home especially like right now because like there's a lot of like family things going on right now that are like super tumultuous and it's just like 24 7 like is everyone okay but you know like have y'all found ways to kind of like try to find times to center yourself or like think about yourself or things like that for me like being away from my family so like coming to college it was the first time I was like Mm. like away from my parents and away from my sister and my family was able to like be like like what do I want like out of this experience like what do I want from my life what do I want in general and like that was when I was could be honest with myself like this is who I am this is what I want I'm still learning like I just found out that like, I always knew, but I just found out that I, like, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and PTSD. And, like, I'm, like, you know what? I don't want to be, like, my parents. And I don't want to be, like, this doesn't exist. Push it away. It's, like, a shameful mm-hmm. thing. I want to talk about it. I want to get help for this because I want to be a better person. Like, mm-hmm. th- like, y- like, you and yourself. Like, being with yourself is the longest relationship you're ever going to have. So it's the most important one. So, like, even though it's, it always feels selfish, especially coming from a family where you have such high expectations, it feels so selfish to center yourself. But I feel like it's sometimes it's a necessity and a priority because you can't really do anything if you're not well. Mm-hmm. And I just, like... I constantly, like, reflect in on myself and, like, talk about, like, what's up? Like, what's with my emotions? What's going on with the people around me? Like, like communication is key. And, like, <clears throat> I don't think I'll ever, ever stop. But, like, <clears throat> I just have to, like, distance myself for a little bit from my family and then sit and then think. And, like, just think about who I am, like, what I want out of my life. Because... Your life is not your parents, and it never will be. So you have to focus on your own. Like, you can add those expectations if you want, but, like, you are who you are. Like, there's, your parents are not who you are. So you've got to make sure to, like, keep in mind, like, your health and your well-being and what you want out of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely thanks so much for sharing Bella like I told yes. I totally like acknowledge that it's so difficult like and I feel like a lot of what you're saying is like so beneficial to a lot of folks that may be going through like these like these same like thoughts or like these same these similar experiences so like thank you so much for sharing and like I feel like this is the perfect leeway into the next question <laughs> if y'all are if y'all are ready for it anyway like Bella set it up perfectly so (laughs) I don't know I feel like I feel like a real (laughs) podcaster right now (laughs) um but anyway I'm going to our last question what advice would y'all give to the filial daughters quote-unquote listening right now 
Um, I was going to say something that my cousin told me when I came to college. She said, um, it's better to ask for, I think she said, ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission, um, which is something that like I've tried to incorporate more um, into being here and slow and doing things for myself. Um, sometimes like your parents are going to be disappointed because they have all these expectations and they may like say <laughs> that they're not disappointed. Yeah. You know, like they are. So just like, doing something for yourself and taking like space if you need it and even if you don't know how to ask for it like if you talk about it after um like at my house I have certain responsibilities so if I'm home all day which they see like me doing school as me being home all day even though that's not what it is um I have to like clean the house make something to eat for everybody when they get here um so I would do that. I'd do like my quote unquote responsibilities and then I'd just like find time for myself. So I'd like drive and I'd just leave. Um, and that would help me um, just like de-stress from the day um, and take time for myself. And I just like let them know when they were fine with it. Um, but just learning to do stuff for yourself and not feel guilty, I think is like the goal of just growing up and like growing into who you want to be. Yeah, I would say like, Give yourself grace Um, because I think I'm hearing a lot about how we tie our self-worth to expectations and there's a lot of disappointment that happens and there's an immense amount of guilt that we then carry with us afterwards as well. Um, And I think it really just, it takes time to like figure out how to get into the groove of it. And I think all of us are at a good point in our life where we're creating some distance by being physically away. And so are able to kind of explore what that actually looks like in practice. Um, And we don't know, we might not always get it right. um, And that's okay too. But I think what's helped me is just like letting go of like the idea that I was going to make my parents happy through xyz because from a very early point in my life I knew I was not going to be able to do that like I sucked at science so I was like there's no way I'm sorry (laughs) I'm going as a psychology major and they hated that and I didn't even leave with that um but I think that was like the moment for me where I was like I I know I'm not good at this and I have to do this for myself and even though that was like the first time I learned that I mean like even in grad school like six years later I was still struggling with that idea of like I want to do social justice work in higher education my parents don't know what the heck social justice is they're just like great you're going to be broken education this is what you want to go get your master's for (laughs) Um, and I had to like let go of that too you know that like I wasn't getting my master's for them it was for me. Whereas when I got my bachelor's degree, it was really like, wow, like this was the collective effort. This is for my family, everything we've been through, their immigration status and like all the sacrifices they made. But I think I really made grad school like my own and like reclaimed that like education for myself because they actually never put that expectation on me. Um, And I didn't even know that I was going to go to grad school. And so I think like, as I grew older and like went through new experiences, I just kind of learned um, how to best navigate that and to allow myself to feel those feelings that I do feel when like the frustration, the impatience, the guilt, when all that comes up, because those feelings are valid. Like I think a lot about how white people get to just move out at 18 and never go back (laughs) home and their parents are perfectly okay with seeing them once every five years or something, you know? But, like, that does not fly in my family. And so I'm just, like, 
this is just like I've accepted that like, like all of these things is just a normal part of my life and not everyone will get it and that's okay but like I just have to learn to like work through that on my own terms and be okay with that at the end of the day as long as I'm not like giving up who I am or what I want for myself in exchange for that support that they're asking from me wow that really hit home (laughs) thank y'all so much for sharing and for being such like amazing guests like we really appreciate that y'all took the time out of your days to chat with us uh personally as a um firstborn daughter of of immigrants I feel like I don't really have the opportunity to talk about a lot of these things so it's really great that we got together and you know just to kind of rant just to kind of reflect just to kind of mix it all together, <laughs> peace out everything that's going on with our lives. And it was great talking with y'all. I really love this conversation. I wish we could talk forever and ever and ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, did y'all want to add anything else before um, we concluded? Anyone? Yeah. Does anyone want to plug anything oh, at this moment? True, true. Camille and I will plug things later. So if you want to give us any more information that we can put in later then you can give us more information but like right now if anything comes to your mind you want to plug it so i have this sound cloud i'm just kidding i don't <laughs> dj lillian <laughs> i don't think i have anything to promote thank you i just want to say thank you too for hosting this and for everyone here for sharing and holding this space with me and sharing so much about yourself too um i feel super connected to all of y'all and i think it's always very healing to be in community about these experiences with other women of color um you know especially because like my therapist (laughs) didn't understand it in chicago um and I feel like unless you're really in it, then like that's how you really get it. And so I just really appreciated the space and all of y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, this has also been like a really positive outlet outlet for me to like talk about this. Um, I with people that understand. Um, and that's like I didn't have any expectations coming into this, but I'm really glad. Like I really I did it and I yeah. got a lot thank out you of for it. joining us we really value your experiences and your stories and thank you for sharing and since you talked about therapy Lillian I'm gonna plug for all the listeners to go to therapy if you need it there's the National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network and they do sliding scale therapy um, sessions depending on like your income level and check that out and if anyone needs more resources check out the gc instagram and the mcc instagram and i think that's yeah i wish there was like what's the podcast version of like subscribe and comment (laughs) do that (laughs) share it share Share it it. yeah Yeah. tell us what resonated with you yeah Haida, do you want to share your club instagram yeah um for mecha i think it's just cal poly mecha (laughs) um follow us we post about, we share like a bunch of wires <laughs> and we have club events. Well, that's it for today, y'all. Keep an eye out for our next theme, topic, and guest reveal on our respective Instagrams. First at Cal Poly MCC and then at CP Gender Equity. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, if you can't talk the talk, then you can't walk the walk. <laughs>
See you next time.